Hiring? With Indeed, your search is over. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash match. Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All right, welcome back into another edition of the Just Press Play podcast. We got all kinds of sports going on. Well, for now, we got NBA and baseball going on. NFL, oh, it's still going for now, but it's getting a little rocky. We got the stuff to get into. We're joined by Pops and LJ. What's going on, guys? Oh, what's hey. up? What's up? What's hey, up real quick you? shout out. Dr. Payne's team, the Dallas Stars, lost the Stanley Cup Finals, but... Um, you know that's pretty that's pretty legit to to make it to the Stanley Cup Finals when they weren't supposed to. So yeah, shout out Tampa to hockey. Bay. Apparently, Tampa Bay kind of did the the whole Virginia thing from a couple years ago. Dad, they were the like the best regular season team ever, and they lost in the first round, and then they got back this year, the year after, and won the whole thing. So cool story for Tampa Bay. But I was definitely rooting for the yeah, for the I was stars definitely rooting for stars Dr. Payne. Too. Hey, the only thing I can say to that is when Tampa Bay, Florida wins the NHL fi- NHL finals, something's <laughs> wrong with that. Okay, that's just that's weird. <laughs> the Tampa Bay Bucks may win the Super Bowl while you're yeah. While it's not an tripping. ice sport though. It's not an yeah, ice sport. Exactly. You don't True. Okay. Now I see what you're saying. Jeez. You expect Calgary to do something, but. <laughs> Well, either way, the wait is finally. We're losing one sport, but the wait is over. We got a triple header of fun going on right now. Football is in full effect with many teams strutting their stuff early. The NBA Finals are here, at least for now. And the MLB playoffs are in full swing with, I swear, games are on all the time in the MLB, which has to be awesome for any baseball fans. But you might not be able to go to the games this year, but you can still get on the action at Bet Online. Bet Online is going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on everything imaginable this season from game spreads and totals to team player and coaching props bet online gives you more options to wager than any place online head over to bet online today and pops we got a special promo code alert let me get my pen out i'm ready head I'm over ready. to bet online today and use the promo code armchair to take advantage of all the great sign up bonuses that is armchair a-r-m-c-h-a-i-r at bet online your online wagering experts it looks like All they right. took political betting off of Bet Online, so that's interesting. <laughs> they well, used the to have that, but it's too over the place. There yeah. was a big. There was a lot of news in the, in the political you, realm this you, weekend. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um. So we got the. Um, we were talking some championship. We got the finals pop. So I know we haven't done a lot of finals talk, just with the way the games have been scheduled up. But we are recording this on Wednesday, so we just watched Game Four. The Heat had a chance to make this thing a series, and now the Lakers are up 
3-1 after a 102-96 game. It's worth noting, Pops, we were talking about betting just a second ago. If you bet this game, the line was anywhere from Lakers minus 6.5 to Lakers minus 7.5. Either way, Tyler Hero hit a meaningless three uh, at the end of the game. Could have just dribbled out of the court. That had nothing to do with the game. But he hits that three with the buzzer, making a six-point loss instead of a nine-point loss, which... As uh, as Al Michaels has said, is significant to some. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no doubt. Um, anyway, so watching game after game four, Pops, what do you think? Is, I mean, the series kind of looks over. I think the series looks over. And I guess what I want to talk about, the main thing is is game three. <laughs> if I can't go back to that for a minute. Because yeah, let's take a step back to shout out to time G- Are you talking about Jimmy, game three Jimmy freaking Butler. Oh, my God. I, I'm going to tell you what. Jimmy Butler has solidified himself as one of my favorite players. He is a guy that just has an FU attitude. I am not losing today. Now, he didn't have it in game four. Almost. <laughs> almost. But, I mean. Well, he might have had the attitude, but it didn't, it didn't result in the score. Well, here's part of his problem is Drogic. He's got Kendrick Nunn over there, and and bless his heart, I'm, I mean Kendrick Nunn would annihilate me on a basketball court. I mean he would annihilate. <laughs> I don't think anybody was all of us. He could go one on three and beat all of us. There's no doubt about which that. one of us. Is, oh yeah, yeah, sorry. Go but ahead. I mean yeah, I, I put you in, LJ. <laughs> Thank you. You're in the game. <laughs> LJ can drop a dime every now and then, but the three of us, he might could do that. But but he just has no no help. And Hero, how do you say his name? Is it Hero? Hero? How do you say Hero? It? Hero. Hero had that amazing game in the, I think it was the semifinals, but the guy's 20 years old, and you can see his shot's not falling as well, except for the bad beat, obviously, at the end of the game. <laughs> and anyway, back to Jimmy Butler. He is an amazing player to me. He has jumped into my top 10 in the NBA right now. I think there are a lot of players, a lot of, I would take Jimmy Butler over a lot of players right now. I just like the way he plays the game, he lays his heart out there. He was guarded by uh, Le- LeBron, you know. And, LeBron for much of it. They kind of switched up and had Anthony Davis guarding him a little bit in game four, which is interesting. Well, but. and in game four, I did see where when Butler went out, LeBron went out. Uh, yeah, they pretty to, much matched minutes, and LeBron played a lot more minutes and, than usual. You know, I think they sensed that this game was pretty big to take a hold of the the, the series. The, I, this just in, LeBron is a hell of a player. I mean, he really is. is. He? And, and, okay. and he basically, I think, kind of willed them to win – uh, uh, game four. Now that big three by AD at the end was was huge. That was the the nail in the coffin. But uh, and so I think the Lakers now win it. I, I was hoping that the Heat could make it a real series, uh, but I have my doubts now. I do want to point out. I want to have some thoughts on Game Four, and that's more prevalent since that's where we're at. But on that Game Three, that Jimmy Butler Game Three, you're talking about, Dad, forty points in a triple double. He was the first 40-point triple-double without a, a three. Didn't even attempt a three since Shaquille O'Neal in 02. Wow. Also first. First time in LeBron's 47 finals game that a player, opponent, or teammate had more points, rebounds, or assists than him. Wow. That is in, that, that's an incredible stat for LeBron. Yeah. But also for Jimmy, like you said, I think before this season, I think he's kind of solidified himself throughout the bubble, but – he went toe-to-toe with LeBron, and he just outplayed him. And it doesn't happen – one, it never happens in the finals. It doesn't happen often in general. And Butler, I think there was a lot of talk about, is he a bad teammate? What's going on? He didn't really work at Chicago, Minnesota, Philadelphia. What's still – I think it's just – and me and you were watching the game together. We kind of talked about this, Pops. 
He's kind of the he is the alpha guy on the court, but he's going to go. I think he expects everyone to play as hard and with the same passion that he does. And if you don't, it's probably not going to mesh well. And I don't really blame that. Nah, I, I don't either. I kind of want that on my roster. I, I've become a Jimmy Butler fan in these playoffs. Well, I think you hit the nail on the head. I think you, people wondered, was he the problem at all those other teams? And I think now it's just his drive to win and be the best he can be. It may be hard to deal with at times, you know, a.k.a. Kobe Bryant. And, and Well, uh, I mean, Jimmy Butler left Chicago. Chicago has been in the dump since. Mm-hmm. Left Minnesota. They didn't make the playoffs. Left Philadelphia, they lost in the first round, and here he is in the finals. It looks like Jimmy may not be the problem. It might be something else. Oh, my God. Think about him on that Philly team. If they could have kept him with Ben Simmons, Tobias Harris, Joel Embiid, if they could have figured out how to work that, I mean, that – wow. But anyway, yes, I don't think think Butler's the problem. Well, before we get off Jimmy Butler, can I I throw some two cents on Jimmy Butler? Yeah, yeah. he was in Chicago. Yeah. Well, go, no, no, no. I was going to go on to game four. What do you got? All right, so on Jimmy Butler, Dad, so you're a big fan. Uh, there might be a business opportunity for you. Um, so <laughs> um, the story is that it's really tough to get coffee in the bubble. Like good coffee, you can't get it in the bubble. You get, to, you know, the hotel coffee. It's just not the same. Yeah, it's just like not the good, same. Good, Especially so, these guys have gotten a little spoiled, I think, with the, the riches. So an hmm. entrepreneur by the name of Jimothy Butler um, has <laughs> decided. Is that his name? Okay, <laughs> no, it's not his name. Uh, but uh, has decided to start his own business that he's calling. Kevin, correct me if I'm wrong. Is it Big Head Coffee? Big Face Coffee. Big Face Coffee. Big Head Coffee. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but so Big Face Coffee has has a, a hell of a, a, a business model. So if you want to buy a large coffee, it's going to cost you twenty dollars. Okay, so that seems pricey, right? But if you yeah, wanted, if you wanted to buy a small coffee, that's going to cost you. $20. And then if you wanted to buy two small coffees, that's 50 bucks. So <laughs> Jimmy Butler is an entrepreneur unlike any other. And apparently it's pretty successful. So, uh, well, and respect. there's no, literally the guys cannot leave the bubble because they actually, they've created bubble in the NBA. So he's been doing this the whole time and, and get this pops teammates, no discount. Nothing. They pay the exact same price. Well, well, let me tell you something. The only people that are going to pay 20 bucks for a cup of coffee are in the bubble with him. Because, <laughs> well, I'm not. It, he does say he apparently is like some coffee snob now. And he's like learned how to like really make. I've seen LJ kind of like, you know, grind the beans and make a good cup of coffee. <laughs> apparently that's what Jimmy Butler does. But yeah, he also charges at a premium for it. I would say that's a premium. Yes. I would say. <laughs> hmm. Um, I want to go back now, Pops, to Game 4. Uh, one of the things, I, Davis was really good. Anthony Davis bounced back. I mean, he didn't, like, have a crazy point total, but awesome defensively. Had four big blocks. As you mentioned, hit the big three in the fourth quarter. I think Davis has really proven that, I don't for what if anyone didn't already know, but he's proven he's one of, if not the best, oh, at, in the game. And I absolutely. think it's pretty cool that LeBron, Anthony Davis talked after one of the games and said, well, when LeBron James comes up to you and tells you, you are the best on the court, go be the best. When the guy that is maybe the GOAT comes and tells you you're the best on the court, that instills pretty good confidence in you. But I wanted to bring up LeBron in that fourth quarter, Pops, and I think you hit on this earlier. He was huge in that fourth quarter. Like When the game was in, in kind of limbo, he had 11 points, went 7-for-7 seven seven from the line, five rebounds and two assists, all in the fourth. He either scored or assisted on 16 of the team's 27 points in that final period. He just was awesome down the stretch. And then I think it's huge what KCP, uh, Caldwell Pope's getting a lot of love for. He made a bunch of big buckets and had 15 points on 50% shooting. You don't really expect that from him. No, I I don't think LeBron LeBron expects that either. (laughs) But No. 
I love what Rondo. Rondo, he only had like two points on one of seven shooting, but he just does a masterful oh, yeah. job playmaking when even when LeBron's on the court. But when LeBron's on the bench, he kind of takes over that offense. And the Lakers actually outscored the Heat by eight when LeBron was on the bench. And as you mentioned earlier, LeBron only went to the bench when Jimmy wasn't on the court. So yeah. they needed someone to step up and run that offense. And Rondo, it might not do it on the stat sheet, but really impressive series by him in this. You know, like, in this I feel like a, a knowledgeable NBA person right this second. Uh, this might be common knowledge, but I've got like a, a little thing on Rondo that, that's really cool. Yeah. Um, he, uh, he apparently was the person that went up to LeBron and told him, hey, by the way, when you get frustrated at the, at the young players that have looked up to you for their entire lives – um, that just kills them. And so you need to work on your body language. When a player disappoints you, tell them you'll get it next time. And so he's changed that. And we've seen, we've seen LeBron change over the course of the season because of Rondo, apparently. It is funny hearing that come from Rondo. No doubt. That is wow. Rondo, and that was going to get me to, that actually works perfectly too. I, I agree. All the people love this whole playoff Rondo thing and he's, and he's stepping up and, you need to apologize for all the slander about Rondo. No. <laughs> the reason people were slandering Rondo is because he went to the Mavericks and straight up quit LJ. The Mavericks traded a lot for him. And he, so maybe Rondo knows this from personal Yeah, maybe yeah, he's learned it the hard way. but Because the Mavericks made a big trade and the dude just did not care. And the same thing happened at multiple stops in his career. Yeah. I mean, yes, give him credit. It's a great final series. But everyone who's like, you need to apologize for that slander. No, Rondo earned that <laughs> slander by just quitting for four or five years in his career. Fair enough. But – Pops, I mean, you agree, I guess he's had, I mean, he's just been huge in this. Oh, Rondo's finals. been huge, but but something you talked about with uh, with uh, LeBron, and, and it was, I think Jay, Jay Will said something about it, so I, I'm getting this from somewhere else, but what a coach he is. I mean, he may be the smartest basketball player on the planet, and you could Bron- see that. Ron or Rondo? Uh, no, I, no, well, Rondo's pretty smart basketball player, but yes, LeBron, yes. LeBron okay. is, is amazing. And how he, the desire in his face and how he's making this game work, there was a play where Jay Will showed it, and he's actually pointing to the corner because he knows Miami's offense enough to know that this guy's fixing to go to the corner, go ahead and get there. And and that's exactly what happened. So I'm just telling you, LeBron and his knowledge he sees of the game his basketball, that people he know. sees yes, the game. Yeah. I mean, not only is he an incredible athlete, oh, my God, what a tight end in the NFL he would be, but <laughs> or a linebacker or anything he wanted to be. Yeah. But but he is a, a student of the game, and he really does know it. And I he I, as much as I like Jimmy Butler and talked about him earlier, and I like that Heat team if they're at full force. I don't think LeBron he's he's not going to lose. He's not going to lose this series. He will just well, not allow I've, it. And he's got AD. Maybe the the next best helps. player that on that the helps. planet. Yeah. The, the mythology of LeBron's game smarts would lead me to believe that he might make the NBA with a, a middling skill set. Like he is that basketball smart that. He doesn't need and necessarily all that he's got to to be decent. So yeah, and then he he just happens to also be born with maybe the most gifted <laughs> athletic set of tools around. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Right. So when you combine those two, that's why you get a guy who at age thirty five is still possibly the best player in the NBA. Yeah, and he's been doing so for more than a decade. No doubt, right? no doubt. Um, yep. I want to end with some love for. I mean, we've already done a little bit, but a little bit of love for LeBron. But also, I I, I can't. I want to also talk about something that bothers the shit out of me with LeBron. I, th- I know Dad will agree on this, but <laughs> I already do. In, I think I know what you're going to say. <laughs> in general, for the series, I just thought it was funny. LeBron finished uh, last night or on Tuesday night with 28 points on 50% shooting, 12 rebounds, and eight assists. And the funny thing about that stat line, Dad, is I see that and I'm like, ah, oh, that's all he did. I mean, that's a good <laughs> stat line, but I see that's like that's okay. And for the series, he's averaging about that: 28, 11, and nine on 53% shooting. 
And really, we if you look back, this is a poor finals compared to his last probably six. I do think there's been a maturation with him where, remember that uh, 2011 finals, the Mavericks, for whatever reason, got in his head and kind of gave him something that he's never seen basketball-wise. Mm-hmm. And it, stuff, it really screwed him for the series. He was terrible. And you saw the Heat kind of did something similar in the first half of this past game. Oh, what, yeah. Whatever it did, he figured it out. And I think he's now learned from all his mistakes, and you, he's seen so much that he'll figure it out eventually. And that's what you saw last night. And, but it was funny. I was talking to Braden, who came on the pod not too long ago to talk some NBA stuff before the playoffs. And we were talking about how that, that stat line he had was kind of average. And he was saying that he saw a prop bet before Tuesday night's game that LeBron's points, rebounds, assist was at a total of 74.5 for game four. 74 and a half for points, rebounds, and assists. Wow. He mentioned, or no, it was at 52 and a half. I was going to say 74 sounds like four. a lot. Okay. It was at 52 and a half for game four. I'm sorry. But if you think back to when he was on the Cavs playing against the Warriors, Braden said he remembers that that getting up to as high as 74 in a game. So like, okay. wow. just what we, what we imagine, it just seems like we really expect him to put up 30 points or triple-double. And if he doesn't, it's a disappointing game. And I know other guys have done that magic average triple doubles and Jordan put up crazy stats. And I think for me, this gets me to, I get why people who watch Jordan every night, like you probably, it's hard for you to say anyone will be better. And it's hard for someone like me that grew up watching LeBron every night where literally a triple double is the minimum he can do a 30 point triple double. I, I get why it's hard to call anyone else better than Jordan. Cause I, I don't think I can ever call anyone else better than LeBron from what I see. Well, yeah. LeBron, but, set, he set the goal so high. I mean, you're right. I mean, he, he's a triple du- double with almost 30 points and you're like, well, he could have done more. Really? Yeah. Are you, yeah. are you kidding me? Yeah. That's all he did. But pops, you, we talked about it. His, and I, and all, all stars do it, but he complains to the refs more than anybody. And this is coming from a guy who loves LeBron. I love rooting for him. I love watching him. It's so annoying to watch him complain to the ref after every call. And sometimes it's valid, but it's every single one. It just gets old. And I think that's why it turns off some some fans, especially you and others. Right? Oh, absolutely. I mean, just, you know, I, I know who he is. And just put your head down and go back and play. Just quit the bitching. I, I, I agree. That's the probably the only thing that I don't like about LeBron. Because I think he's a great guy. I really think he's a good guy. I mean, he deserve, he's in the conversation for best that ever played. I still think Jordan's better, but uh, that's the really only thing I can think of that really annoys the piss out of me with with uh, LeBron. Do you remember? And I, 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 some some listen to this, especially if it's LeBron fans, are going to say your opinion's skewed. But do you remember Jordan doing this or other stars like this? I, I mean, this I level? hope I'm not sweetening it over time, you know, or forgetting things over time. But I don't remember him inordinately bitching about calls. He just he just got up and went back. He didn't flop. He just he just played the game. He played it tough, and he got back up and played it some more. Is the way I well, remember. as we know from the pod revisionist history, your memory does skew you over time. It can, but, no doubt. But well, and the yeah, game I was just, different back then too, right? Like it was the game more yeah. physical. It was even everything more was allowed. Well, I think that's the thing is like now that now that there are more restrictions on what Bill Lambeer could have done, then <laughs> like flopping meant nothing back then. Whatever, take the hit, like. Yeah. Deal with it, and I'm and and I I don't want to get on a big tangent, but the flopping dead on some of those like it happens every fast break, and you saw a hero did oh, it hero, in, yeah. in this past game, exactly. where it made that LeBron dunk look way better than it was because LeBron kind of puts an arm out and hero just dives basically back, and I players are going to keep doing it because they get awarded for a lot of them, they get awarded, and until the NBA either starts putting text on LeBron for whining to the refs or text for these flops. They're going to keep doing it because why wouldn't you? If, if you're getting awarded for it, like Stan Van Gundy or Jeff Van Gundy mentioned, 
I would flop too. It's the smart play because you the worst that happens is he gets a dunk. But a lot of times they get credit for it. And Hero's not stopping LeBron on that play. No. I, I mean, I couldn't agree more with what you said. They have to stop rewarding that. And they didn't give him the foul on that. So no. maybe maybe they're on the right track. And it made him look a lot worse than he should have because that, that video ended up going viral on Twitter because – it was just, it looked like LeBron just shoved him aside like a little rag doll. When I first saw it, I thought, oh my God, that's a foul. And then you saw, you're exactly right. It was, that was all hero doing that. All right. And before we were moving on, we got a guest coming on, but I did want to shout out to Mark Jackson has some of the most Mark Jacksonisms ever. You were, we we're talking about Tyler Hero and he was getting ready to go to break and he does these things. Like a lot of times his big thing is mama. He's a bad man or something. Her mama, but there's that something. man. There goes that yeah. man. Yeah. Yeah. There goes that man. He'll have something. And he had one that just baffled me and the rest of the internet. Uh, they were going to break, and I think Hero had just hit a three. And he said, this just in, a hero is more than a sandwich. Tyler is getting it done. I think he was <laughs> oh, referring that's to genius. a hero. <laughs> that's genius. That's really is it genius or stupid? I don't know. That's hey, genius. It's on the line. It's on no, the line. No, <laughs> that's clearly, that's clearly on, on the good side of that line. There's no doubt. Uh, well... <laughs> I don't know if I agree with your opinion, but it is on the line. It's something. It's something. It's right, something. That's for yeah, sure. It's not nothing. All right. Well, let us, let's punt on the NBA and go over to the NFL. And while we talk some NFL, we got a special guest joining us. Friend of the pod, Prestige Worldwide is in the building. Jacob, what is going hey, on? Hey, hey, what's going on, boys? What's hey, up? Man. <laughs> we have a lot of news going on in the NFL, and LJ sent a text over the weekend. And I think he was mostly joking, where he said we need to come up with some no, NFL topics. No, 100% serious. But, that was well, genuine. If, if you weren't, you should be now, because, yeah, LJ, <laughs> COVID has now, it, and we saw this happen in baseball, and it's... Mm-hmm. It's happening in the NFL, and it, it, it's at least the league is preparing for week five, and another round of fresh tests have come up, and it's kind of putting this, this week in jeopardy for some teams, maybe the league as a whole. I don't know. They're, I guess I'll, I'll start on this. The Titans now have had 22 positive tests after two more players test positive on Wednesday. Wow. Jeez. Now the Tennessee game against the Bills on Sunday is up in the air. This was just as Tennessee was getting ready to reopen their doors after two days of negative tests. Um, I kind of wanted to, to take a step back because we didn't have all the details before, and it was kind of how the Titans outbreak started. Um, back on September 24th, defensive back Greg Magum, Maven tested positive. Immediately upon testing positive, that player goes into the protocol and checks. they check the wearable devices that all players and personnel are wearing to see anyone that was in close proximity to him. And then all those people then are subjected to multiple tests. Well, the problem is, according to the CDC, the coronavirus incubation period can last up to 14 days and an infected person can be contagious up to 72 hours before they even show any symptoms. So a person could give the virus off before testing positive for it. It doesn't always happen that way, but it's possible. The interesting thing to me about this was Maven was signed to the team's practice squad three days before he tested positive. And he also came in for a workout. And then it was funny they're not funny, but the NFL changed the procedures afterward where it, I don't know if you remember last week, Earl Thomas was like all but signed to the, the rave or to the Texans. Yeah. And then all of a sudden it was like, well, no, actually he's not, something's going on. He's not working out with him anymore. I think it was this because all of a sudden now to go work out a player, it's just, there's so many things you don't think about, but now Maven hasn't been in the whole organization. He might not be, he might be doing whatever he's doing. We just don't know. He might be going to the bar. He might be going to the club. He might just be living with a family who tests positive. We don't know. And that's kind of how this all started. And then the next part is just 
LJ, as, as, as we know, it's an airborne virus. It just, it, yeah. it's hard to control. Though. I think it's the White shocking House can tell you. how quickly people are starting to realize now that it's a pretty contagious disease. It's blowing my mind that people are starting to figure that out. Well, um, when you see it happen, and, and we don't know how these players are, are, are um, and then we have more. We'll get into the Patriots. They have another positive test with Stephon Gilmore. Yeah. So their game's yeah. in limbo. But I just kind of want to talk about the Titans and LJ where you were at, where, yeah, I think we're seeing, even with, them trying to put all these procedures in. They're cleaning the building every day. They're they're trying to wear masks. They're wearing these wearable devices. I mean, you see it in the White House. I hope everybody recovers from that. But the White House, you would think, is a place where you feel pretty safe. The most it's, it's protected man, the most protected man in America, has caught the virus. So it's just safe. a hard virus to prevent. You just yeah. don't know, and it, it it happens to every person. It can happen to every person, yeah. and it can be no effects. It can be bad effects. That pops. We've already talked. You've had it. It was no problem. It, right. You didn't have any issue with it. Right. And no one in your family got it at the house. So it's just we don't it's un, it's it's un, you don't know what's going to happen. LJ, what are your thoughts about kind of the season moving forward? What's going on with the Titans? I know you mentioned something before recording. Titans could get in a little bit of trouble. Yeah. Right? So so then the latest news on the Titans that I've seen is like as of a few hours ago, uh, a reporter started. And this is Wednesday night that we're recording. this. Yeah. We're, yeah. Thank you. Uh, Wednesday night. So so Wednesday afternoon. Reports started coming out that maybe some of the Titans had started meeting at a local high school to practice, even though they were not allowed to. And so that's, I mean, obviously breaking some pretty serious rules that the NFL has set up right now. At least, I mean, you know, we, it, it, it's, it's at the very least, it's um, a disregard for the rules that the NFL set, um, which, uh, and at the very most, it could be uh, Ryan Tannehill was allegedly spotted um, at these uh, practices. So... Wow. At the very most, I mean, the Titans could just be spreading this virus even further. Um, and well, I'm on their team, so now does that just now I wonder does that just make do they have to forfeit it? Like I know the Steelers have talked about they kind of got the short end of the stick, which I agree it does suck that nobody on their team tested positive, and they may have been following the procedures perfectly to the T. And now they have a bye week randomly that they weren't prepared for. And like, it's just, it happens. I think that's just the way the season's going to go. I feel bad for you, Big Ben, but it's just, the season's going to be weird. It's going to suck <laughs> uh, but, at times. But I think like, uh, I, I think this is kind of the problem is it feels like the NFL didn't really have a plan for this. Um, it feels like we're just kind of flying by the seat of our pants and figuring it out as we go. It feels like we have as much decision-making power as the NFL has had over the last six months of how to deal with this. And that drives me absolutely up the wall because... We've seen the NBA do it. We've seen the NHL do it. We've seen the MLB even deal with it and handle it. Um, and the NFL doesn't seem to have their hands on this at all. I mean, I guess that's a terrible metaphor because that's a bad thing to do right now. But uh, it, it just seems like um, the NFL is making terrible decisions left and right, and the players aren't keeping safe. I mean, we've seen uh, just recently I've seen video of uh, Patrick Mahomes hugging Stephen Gilmore, which uh, he just tested no. positive. Oh, and then wow. I've seen uh, Josh Allen hugging a uh, Raider that just tested positive. So we might be losing all of the star quarterbacks. I mean, Cam Newton. Well, so then- I want to get to a, a bigger thought on, like, like we mentioned, this happened in the MLB. And like I remember on this pod, we were saying, I don't know if they'll finish the season. They and might end it right are. now. Yeah. And, and and they fix it, and maybe this is well, kind of the baseball's a little easier think, to make up a game. Well, than football, and, and I though, guess for this sure. is something. Correct. This is something I wanted to get to is is what needs to happen with the Titans. And I feel like if you're flaunting these rules, you lose games until you get it figured out. I mean, I think uh, if, if they, they can't breaking, the team, right? They forfeit. I think they have is, to forfeit. This is not a game. the Steelers' problem. If they're doing the right thing, this is not their problem. 
And if the Titans want to, I mean, and, and it could get worse than that. I mean, they might have to forfeit their whole season as far as, as far as I'm concerned, if they're, because this season is on thin ice regardless. This is, we all want to watch football. We really, really want it. I mean, I think everybody in this podcast can agree for sure. Um, and, and it's on thin ice. I mean, the only reason we're getting it is because of the promise of safety and the promise of we're taking care of things. And if the Titans are just going to not do it, and I don't know where this comes from. I don't know if this is uh, player-led, if this is coach-led. I don't know. It doesn't matter if they're well, not going to do it. There's been some reports that it could have been a driver that was driving the Tennessee Titans apparently tested positive. And so it, the thing I do want to mention that this, it, it, for all we know, yes, the Steelers have been following everything and the Titans didn't, and that's why they're seeing outbreak. But what... This virus does work in a way where me and you, you could be quarantining all the time and you still have to go to the grocery store, but you're masked up and everything happens and you could still catch it. And I could be out clubbing and doing all kinds of stuff and just got lucky and I never catch it. Yeah, but I think that's the thing is I'm not saying that the Titans should lose games because they tested positive. I'm saying that they should lose games because they don't seem to care. Um, Well, and that's a new procedure from the NFL is now you have to keep 30 days worth of surveillance video of your because they all have video in their rock and all over their campus or their state, their facilities. And so now they have to keep all their cameras because what happens is if something happens, the NFL is now going through all the Titans uh, surveillance video to see in the quarterback room was that where they following rules. Everyone have a mask on. I know Dad, we laughed at the, the fines for the coaches wearing masks if they're all testing and stuff. I think that now looking back, I think that's the NFL saying one person, you, you have to follow every rule. Even yeah. if it's the one that you think is a little goofy, you follow that rule the same way you follow the testing rule, the same way you follow separating in the quarterback room, whatever well, it is. And, and I wanted to say real quick, because I got thrown out of that call last week at that exact moment that Pop said that. And and while I totally agree with you, Dad, that it is a bit hypocritical for them to, to force players to follow a rule that coaches aren't following, the disease that we're dealing with right now is not, there is no true hard and fast way to not get it. So it's all about making the best choices that we can. And that's the reason that the coaches have to wear masks, but the players, I mean, they can't because of the nature of what we're doing. Well, and, so and it I, is hypocritical, but I it's get the it, best they can do. The only thing I want to say is, is not punish the Titans or whatever. If they have, what'd you tell me? 22 positive 22. tests. They can't play this week. They forfeit a game until they can field a team, you know, or until they so can the play. So the Bills get a win, but the yeah. the Steelers didn't. Well, the, now the Steelers are going to be like, well, what the hell? Well, you know? well, again, welcome to 2020. You're, you're probably right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, true. You're, you're probably right. And they might go back and, and award the Steelers that game, per, perhaps. But I mean, I think you do. I think you do. And, and I wouldn't be opposed to that. If you can't field a team, and certainly if it's from something that you broke rules – Sorry, that's a forfeited game, and we can't so punish wanna, everybody else. So I want to get Jacob's thoughts because we did mention uh, the Steelers or the, the the Patriots now have a second positive with Stephon Gilmore, and Stephon Gilmore was seen. Mahomes did say it was a lapse, lapse in judgment on his handshake slash hug at the end of the game. At what were your what are your, and you can talk about the Titans, you can talk about the Chiefs. I mean, what are you thinking about some of these positive tests? The NFL playing that game on Monday night. Just what are your thoughts kind of going with all this? My first thoughts are we need Patrick Mahomes to be put in a bubble right now. And he is. KC fans. Every inch of him needs to be cleansed. Well, um, and I will say, I will say just to quick interrupt, Patrick Mahomes actually like his, he's got a pregnant wife at home and he has locked himself true. away from his family and his team until yeah. they can get enough tests done. So I think it's easy to make that screw up, but yeah, it could be a costly one. Uh, yeah. yeah. I saw the I saw the photo. Uh they were face to face at the very end of the game. Like I said, they hugged. Um yes, he does have a pregnant fiance at home, uh recently engaged. Uh I believe they were out taking engagement photos like out in the countryside just by themselves while they were on their break. <laughs> yeah. So 
there you go. But yeah. no, I think overall it's like 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 Lifford said earlier, it's tough because it's not baseball. Baseball you can you can play double headers, you can play yeah. every day. You can make up technically if you played a double header every day for a week, you just made up seven games right there. Football is one game a week and that's it. Um, I mean, Chiefs fans, we were worried about if this game gets, we were even worried about if this game got postponed with the Patriots to Tuesday. Well, where does that put our team playing Tuesday put out, what, to like Sunday to Thursday? Yeah. And so, I mean, if you're worried about that, I mean, how can you ask a team to start playing double headers in a week? So that's yeah. probably out the window. That's just that. Yeah, that's um, just off the table. I mean, right. I was I was joking around with some of my friends. What are some situations we talked about? Do you just postpone every game for two weeks? And you move the Super Bowl back to like mid-February now. And like everyone just gets two weeks, get healthy, get everybody. So then everybody gets those two weeks off, not just the Steelers for two weeks or something like that. Does that help? If it doesn't even help that, then that's worthless. And then it's just a tough situation for football specifically. And I'm, I'm curious to know what exactly is changing between... Because the whole deal about this was we can have this season because we've tested so much during the quote unquote preseason or training camp. And we had zero positive tests. Everything's been great. Everything's working out great. And now we're four weeks into the season and all of a sudden something's happened to where everyone's getting caught. I don't know what the difference of that is. Exactly how the players slipping up. But um, that's what I have questions about. As far as Tennessee's concerned, I've I've actually thrown out the whole forfeiting thing even last week. Because, yeah, that sucks for the Steelers. Like, you, you've done nothing wrong and you're getting punished for it. Now, you now have... You, they chose your bye week a week earlier than what some teams would have set would have had. Like right now, bye week start this week, week five. Yeah. So it does suck. I think later on they're going to be really pissed because I, I forget their bye week was I think six or seven. So they did, like seven it didn't get it didn't like get that. pushed too far ahead, but still, come week thirteen and fourteen down the stretch where you've been playing now for ten straight weeks, they're going to be pissed. But yeah. uh, when I think they, the bigger thing, yeah. bye weeks have happened in week four before. This isn't mm-hmm. the first year where like you've seen a bye week in week four, but. I think where it's weird is usually you know your bye week. So you get done with that game on mm-hmm. Sunday and you're on break. You can mentally, physically check out where the Steelers were practicing Monday, Tuesday, and then Wednesday are like, oh, now we might play on Monday. Oh, now we might, we're not playing at all. So it's not a real bye week right. like we're used to. I think right now the biggest thing I would look into is if this is an actual quote-unquote outbreak. Tennessee, I would that's an outbreak. Like 22 yeah. players, that's an outbreak. Stephon mm-hmm. Gilmore, Cam Newton – that's I don't consider it's close. It's close. It could I mean, be. that's the it thing. Could it could be. become one. So you you got to treat it as such. I would assume. <clears throat> well, so, I think that's the thing is it it might already be, and we just don't know it yet. That's, right. That's the hard part about this disease for sure. Well, so were they not all tested before they came when they got took their flight before Kansas City? So I do want to bring up that the with the Patriots. So Newton tested positive, mm-hmm. and then on Saturday he tested positive on Saturday. Took on two Saturday, flights, didn't they? Yeah. Go Correct. ahead. Well, yeah. So. On Saturday, Sunday, Monday, none of the Patriots tested positive. So they all three tested. Nobody did. So that's why they said, okay, we're good to go. But we just talked about earlier, Mm -hmm. you can be contagious before testing positive and not show any symptoms. Yeah. And and obviously the NFL knew this because, they, like you just mentioned, they took two different flights. So they knew there were some people that still were close to Newton and could theoretically test positive in the future and might be contagious. Stefan Gilmore was one of those 14 players that was on that flight. So if you're flying people on a separate flight, that means you know they could test positive and they could be contagious, but you're still playing the game. And now you hear Tyreek Hill is a little nervous. Like he said he's trying to do everything mm-hmm. right, but he did get tackled by Gilmore. Patrick Mahomes did hug Gilmore. Gilmore, And there is some positive news so far. The Vikings did not have any positive yeah, tests after playing the Titans. Fantastic news. So, And I know we talked about 
how are they going to social distance and stop this virus by playing football? Well, luckily the Vikings didn't. N- nobody transmitted. So, yeah, so maybe you can. I don't know. Maybe locker rooms are a lot more dangerous than a football field is what we might be. But learning, it just seems but. silly if you're if you're flying on two different planes. That means you know the threat. And LJ, you hit the nail on the head. Hopefully, it's just Newton and and Gilmore, and both of them so far have said they're asymptomatic and had no issues. But we don't know. Yeah. Yeah. We just don't know if all of a sudden four Patriots well, pop up and now what if Tyreek Hill pop? I mean, I hate to say what if a certain name, but what if a, a, a chief pops up and now that whole like what if five pop? I, I kind of think the best bet is it's not like they're competing with the NBA come February or any other time. I think you just pause. I like the Jacob's whole idea. NFL season. Take two like weeks. Saying, yeah. That's what I, and push. Yeah. I know the NFL hates pushing back the NFL or the Super Bowl, but are we even going to have fans of the Super Bowl anyway? Just push it all the way back, yeah, and let's get this thing That's, figured out. And then you tell your players, now here's the rules, and if you don't do it, you forfeit. Well, it's and, it. and it's announced just, right now that the Super Bowl is the first weekend of March, and we'll do whatever it takes to make it happen. Uh, we will pause. Does that means you forfeit the game. To. Oh yeah, yeah, and and uh, and if we end up if nobody has a problem and we end up having a month between the last game and the Super Bowl, so be it. You know, like we'll we'll figure out a way to space them or something. But um, yeah, stop taking chances. Stop stop playing fast and loose with these guys. You know, that's yeah. I mean, they get paid enough, but well, we all know money talks, and so the NFL they're 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 you know they're thinking like we need this Chiefs Chiefs Patriots game like this is prime time. Ooh, even better, yeah. it's going to work on a Monday night now. Let's get the let's fly them out. They flew them out the morning of the game at eleven o'clock or eleven thirty. Yep. Got off the plane to go play a football game, um, and they played a hell of a game. Actually, believe it or not, yeah. they, they did. Through. The Patriots really but, did play a hell of a game. Um, they did the best job we've seen against. But money, money talks. Deal with so, all this. I mean, it, I feel like that wouldn't be a hard sell to the NBA or to the NFL. Like, hey, who are you competing with for TV ratings in February besides like college basketball? I guess. Yeah. But that's not even March Madness. But, that's still the regular. But season. also, we'll see. If colleges are even on campus at that point and right. playing most sports, so but. I I don't see the I don't see what's the downside of if you really truly want to save your season, yeah, move it to move it back two weeks, play into February for your Super Bowl and your playoffs, and just and then if it doesn't work, well, you tried, but you know what, you just got to call it quits at that point. If you took taking the two weeks now, you ran out of time, it, take the L, move on. Well, and so. and to your point about money talks, I I did think it was kind of interesting how. Like the entire tight end group of the Titans uh, tested positive and like, well, we'll see what happens. And then Cam Newton tests positive and they're like, oh, we're delaying the game immediately. Um, right. So I think that plays into exactly what you're saying is the NFL is just trying to decide with their wallets how to deal with this instead of with their brains. So, um, yeah, I, let's hope it all kind of blows over. I think the best thing's probably just to pause it. Uh, but, you know, like I said, money talk. We'll see what they do. I know. Um, one thing's for sure, as far as like fantasy football wise goes, it's clear you need to have your alerts on because <laughs> yeah. It, yeah. the Cam Newton stuff happened over the weekend. I'm, and like, as a commissioner, I'm like, shit, okay, we need to figure out rule. We already had like rules in place for the Titan Steelers thing. Now we need to figure out the Chiefs Patriots. So what's going to happen if you have Mahomes if they don't play? So yeah. Yeah. it's important to have those alerts on right now. Yeah. Uh-huh. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. 
Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? More confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly, patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be Continued at scs.georgetown.com. Dot edu slash podcast. Whoa, sweet man cave. Thanks. Serious upgrade. How'd you pay for all this? I got a home equity line of credit from Figure. I was approved in five minutes and had funding in five days. Wow, that fast and easy? Yep. The application is 100% online, plus no out-of-pocket costs. Just fast access to the cash you need. How do I get started? Go to figure.com and get that serious upgrade. Figure Lending LLC, DBA Figure, Equal Opportunity Lender, NMLS 1717824. Terms and conditions apply. Visit figure.com for more information. For licensing information, go to www.nmlsconsumeraccess.org. I normally find bras to be so uncomfortable and constricting, but Skims has changed that. You know I love Skims underwear, so I finally tried their bras, and Skims has delivered again. Skims bras are worth the hype for the amazing shape and support they give, but what I wasn't expecting was how comfortable they are too. I've tried so many bras in the past. And the main issue that I have is that they weren't supportive enough, to the point where they felt slouchy. I love my Skims wireless form bra because it's so comfortable and supportive. The older I get, the more I care about actually being comfortable in what I wear every day. And with my wireless form bra, I no longer have to sacrifice my comfort for the support I need. Shop Skims bras at skims.com, now available in 62 sizes, 30A to 46H. Plus, get free shipping on all orders over $75. If you haven't yet, be sure to let them know we sent you. After you place your order, select Podcast in the survey and select our show in the drop-down menu that follows. And speaking of alerts, listen up, fellas, because we have a new (laughs) Manscaped product alert. (laughs) Manscaped just released the brand new Weed Whacker Nose and Ears Hair Trimmer. Take a look in the mirror and I guarantee you'll see hair sticking out of those those holes. It's time to keep your ear and nose hairs looking as nice as your clean shaven undercarriage because you're already using the lawnmower 3.0, I hope. I just want to say as a man on the other side of 30, uh, that sounds like a pretty great product. You know, I'm I'm really interested in that. Well, one. Let me tell you, boys, the hair out of your nose and ears never quits growing. Never, <laughs> never, ever. And, the and, and I've learned that your wife never stops noticing them either. So, And if you ever pluck one ever out of your nose, oh, my oh, God. It, it's like it's like habaneros in your nose. Like, it's oh. awful. I can pluck an well, eyebrow, guys. an ear hair out of your nose. Oh, uh, stop the clock. Uh, it hurts. Well, there's an answer. And Manscaped <laughs> is forever changing the grooming game with the Weed Whacker. The nose and ear hair trimmer provides proprietary. Proprietary is always a tough word for me to say. It's like it's spelling spell restaurant. You it's did a tough pretty word. Well, proprietary. 
proprietary skin safe technology, which helps prevent nicks, snags, and tugs in those delicate holes. The premium Manscaped Weed Whacker uses a 9,000 RPM motor power, 360 degree rotary dual blade system. And we're talking about a nose trimmer. I mean, (laughs) it's got a Hemi probably. It's intelligently contoured designed, enhances the trimming and experience and it's waterproof, which makes for an easy operation and cleaning. So when it when you're in the dark, you can use your LED light from your lawnmower 3.0 to show your weed whacker <laughs> all in the shower at the same time. It's just it's insane. And the bat the lithium ion battery lasts up to 90 minutes of use. Manscaped is making whacking your weeds a time to look forward to delivering maximum confidence while providing hygiene. Yes, you will get a replaceable blade every three months to keep your weed whacking time clean and enjoyable. Look, fellas, 79% of partners polled admitted that long nose hairs is a major turnoff. No, no, the partners don't want to see that. It's time to upgrade your Manscaped routine with the Weed Whacker. Get 20% off plus free shipping with the code armchair at manscaped.com. That is the promo code. Thank you, Manscaped, for keeping our undercarriage and nose and ears hairs trimmed and looking nice. I just want to say, Kevin, you deserve a, a 20% raise. You're doing a great Absolutely. job. <laughs> yeah, on top of what I'm already getting. <laughs> I put a two-cent check in the mail, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's an infinite raise right there. <laughs> well, as we're talking about getting rid of those nose hairs, those annoying nose hairs, the Houston Texans have gotten rid of that annoying GM and head Beautiful. coach that has been pulling back Deshaun Watson. Okay. Oh. Some will say it's about time. I still don't know if Bill O'Brien's a dumb offensive mind because the Texans did win that division quite a few times. But uh, they, they finally got rid of Bill O'Brien. And I was just looking. I saw something that Field Yates put on Twitter, at Field Yates. The Texans are spending $225 million in cash on their current roster. That's more than any other team in wow. the NFL. They also wow. owe their first and second round picks this year to the Miami Dolphins. Wow. They are currently yes, 0-4. <laughs> Not a good look. Wow. <laughs> Mm. Uh, what was your Jacob? What were your thoughts? I know um, I, I just feel like you have to have some thoughts on Bill O'Brien going, what that means for the Texans, and just in general. I think it's a year too late, and you <laughs> hit it on the head with you are spending the most cash in the NFL, and you are wow. owing for. Not only are you fired as a head coach because this was his case, they fired him as the GM as well, I believe. And so, Did he have to fire himself? Because usually the GM fires the coach. So they are without a GM <laughs> and a head coach right now. But it and doesn't play matter because they don't have two, himself the first two too. picks in the draft anyway. So they don't even need a GM. They don't have draft picks. <laughs> so I guess no, they're like, well, one. now's the best time as ever. So uh, it makes the Dolphins look really smart. They're like, here, yeah. here's our most expensive offensive tackle. Plus, give us your top two draft picks. <laughs> so I think, wow. I mean, it's literally, it literally can only go up for the Texans. Wow. When you look at Deshaun Watson What's, and these guys, geez. like it can only go up as someone you can cue the gong as someone that just dropped Brandon Cooks in their <laughs> fantasy football league uh, I might be looking at him now because I'm sure he's going to explode because they have nothing to lose now they have no coach no GM they're just playing to have fun I hope but yeah Deshaun Deshaun Watson for head coach this year right finish the year with Deshaun Watson coaching let's see what happens what's uh, just throwing this out there could Bill O'Brien uh, alright let's just look at the pieces head coach of the Dolphins Brian Flores, former Patriot disciple, coached on the same staff as Bill O'Brien. Was Bill O'Brien playing a long game here? I can see him being hired oh, as an offensive wow. coordinator. Well, getting all those picks, a young team. Well, I don't know. I don't know. Conspiracy no. Kevin. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. There's something there. Pops, what do you think? I mean, the Texans have probably been the I, – I, 
Part of this season, the schedule screwed them. They played three hard games to start the year. They also were the first win for the Minnesota Vikings, who looked hapless to start the year. What What are your th- thoughts kind of on this firing? Well, so I saw something where apparently he and J.J. Watt got in a real big argument on the practice that. field. Mm-hmm. You know – J.J. Watt's probably more important to the team than Bill O'Brien. Well, obviously now. have to be, yeah. But more important to the team. Also, just on a side note, on guys I want to get into a heated argument with, J.J. Watt's very low <laughs> on that list. low on the list. Yeah. So he, he gets in an argument on the practice field. I mean, he traded DeAndre Hopkins, who, oh, maybe that was a mistake. Maybe. You know? It's looking um, like it could have been. been. And, and, and took David Johnson's <laughs> huge contract, right? So, I mean, that was kind of a that, – that was just dumb mm. shit. Um, it. I, I'm with Jacob. You're too late. Yes, he he went to the playoffs. I think four times. Had a 30, 30, 33, 333 record or something like that. But I feel like we blew. We talked a lot of games about how they blew for a coaching mistake. The talent was there the for a lot of there. his tenure. Says a Cowboys fan. <laughs> True. Well, and the Cowboys fired their coach about five years too late. And let's see what well, they do. Well, did they? Oh. Did they? Oh, yeah. Oh, fired believer. their coach, yeah. Like, I'm a big believer that if, if you're in that three-year window of, like, I'm in a Super Bowl window right now, let's just let's use the cash, let's make our run. The Chiefs are now paying everybody because, like, hey, we're in that window. Yeah. Let's yeah, 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 keep yeah. everybody. Let's pay them, and we'll just bite the bullet later on. The Texans thought they were in that window, and then your head coach and GM, like, he has nobody to, to answer to. So he gets to make those like most head coaches like why are you trading away my star player? No, he he did all of that on his own. Traded away Deshaun Watson, took yeah. on the big contract of David Johnson, DeAndre, took on the big Hopkins, contract Hopkins. of uh or Hopkins, yeah. Took on the big contract of uh David Johnson. And then uh, I forget who the right tackle or left tackle is they got from Miami. Took on that Tunsil. big contract. Tunsil. So yeah, he's Well, one other thing I wanted to tell you guys, so I heard and I'm sure you you may have too, but Apparently, O'Brien wanted to bring in Earl Thomas. Yeah, and, I heard that. And the whole as a room. team, as yeah. a team, they did not want him on that team. So, and and I look now, uh, Houston is ranked 22nd, 27 in team defense. They're still ahead of those Cowboys. Um, <laughs> Saying a lot. <laughs> they're, they're seventh in passing defense. So, you know, I don't know that – I don't know what – I don't know their defensive backfield. I'm not that – uh, schooled on that, but he wanted to bring in Earl Thomas. The defense, the team, the locker room didn't, and maybe JJ Watt didn't. I would have probably listened to them. I mean, he's already been kicked off another team, Baltimore. Yeah. So I, I think it gets to o- O'Brien might end up being a smart offensive coach. He just was never a great head coach, and he clearly is not a good GM. And he had both of those positions, and that, that was the problem. I, we mentioned the Hopkins thing. I think it's worth noting just because I thought it was really classy. Everyone's waiting on Hopkins to have some, some, funny tweet or a little clap back to O'Brien. And one, he just said, he tweeted out the other day, wish no man or wish no, no bad on any man or something, you know, something very classy. Well, and I'm not as nice he as was asked, <laughs> He asked, he asked me and someone uh, asked for his reaction on the firing. He said, yeah, of course I've seen it. It was all over the internet. A lot of memes and stuff included me in it and my name, but I wish bad on no one. Everyone in the NFL just wants to win a championship. And some people aren't able to do those things sometimes as a coach in certain places. But I'm sure that hopefully he can have success somewhere else. Very classy and because I'm sure he, yeah. behind closed doors, I bet he had some other choice words for old Billy, old Billy, Billy B. Well, I just wanted to say that you guys were talking about he's been fired too late. I think he got fired at the perfect time for the sake of memes 
Because, uh, I mean, the dude uh, decided that he was the play caller for the Texans this week. Um, and, <laughs> yeah. and then four wow. hours before he got fired, he said, I'm not worried about my own four start. So I just, I just perfect. The timing could not have been better. Well, but to his, to his, to his point, the GM did not seem to have any <laughs> lack of confidence. He's had conversations with the GM. He was in a good spot with him. Yeah. And I, uh, I will need to look I, this up. I'm pretty sure it was either last year or couple of years ago they actually did have like an 0 and 3 and 0 and 4 start and then basically ran the table at the end of the year to get into the playoffs so he actually That's has been right. in this position before yeah. so Watson's going to be coach of the year this year I'm just saying yeah <laughs> and I think Jacob you did it on a great point and when you have this opportunity where you draft a quarterback and you hit it and you and you get the guy that's really good I, Deshaun Watson's not up there with the Mahomes and Russell Wilson's but it's clear he's really good and when you get draft that guy now one of the rookie quarterback, you have to have to use that window to win. Another team that screwed that up, the Dallas Cowboys. But you look at the Chiefs, they benefited off that. They got a bunch of players in and now when they had to pay Mahomes, they shelled out some cash. Yeah, but they have a Super Bowl ring at least before they did it, mm-hmm. which would be nice. The Chief, the, the Texans, on the other hand, all they have is a bunch of blown leads and over in, in the playoffs and and bad starts. Yeah. Um I did want to bring up Pops, this is something you actually brought up. Uh, we are now a quarter of the way into the season, and the NFL scoring is just boom. We've been on a thing where offenses get better and better, but the NFL scoring is just booming right now. Games are averaging 51.3 points per game, the highest at the quarter mark since the 1970 wow. merger. The previous high was 48. Uh, what what have you thought, Pops? I mean, have you, have you noticed teams scoring a lot? Do you have any thought? I know you brought it up in the in our in our little email chain. Well, just, I mean, I've noticed the quarterbacks, you know, the three we talked about, I think, last week, you know, Mahomes, uh, uh, Aaron Rodgers, and Russell, Russell Wilson. Wilson. And and I'm, I'm for just pure Josh stats, throw Josh Allen, throw Dak in there for pure stats. Yeah. I mean, his stats are amazing. Of course, they have to be with that defense. <laughs> um, so I, I think that kind of goes back to the preparation uh, over, you know, with COVID and, and no preseason games. I mean, offenses know what they're doing. Defenses have to react. Dead on. And, and I really think that has I, – I, we kind of talked about an offensive potential explosion, and and I think that's what we're seeing, and I think it is directly related to uh, COVID. I really do. You, Jacob, you seem to be not – LJ, what were you saying? Well, you I was just going to say, Pops, you're dead on because uh, a defense is made up of – everybody knowing and trusting that the other person is doing the right job and an offense is made up of the right person getting open and getting the ball um so yeah if you don't have that time to practice that team unity you're in trouble on the defense and that's what we're saying for sure great great insight. and to that point some people did mention that without a lack of practice and training camp and preseason tackling could be bad well i just know as watching the cowboys tackling is awful <laughs> in dallas <laughs> Uh, Tony or Jacob, I saw you kind of shaking your or nodding your head when Pops was saying that. Do you have any thoughts or what, think, what do you think? I mean, scoring boom? You guys have all made great points, and I think just from a different aspect of it, um, not that I have any issues or problems with my with my gambling <laughs> habits, but uh, they have. It has been a big deal actually that I think it's, this is like the highest percentage of overs to hit in the first four the weeks overs of are, the yeah, season. Vegas like, cannot put the killer. point total high. Yeah, and right so now. the house is they're they're getting hit pretty hard by people taking these yeah. overs and. Now, of course, it goes up every week, so eventually that wave is going to come back down. So if you better have hit it early, but and we saw yeah. that on Monday night, neither hit. They finally said enough's enough. <laughs> we're taking, we're going to raise this number until y'all don't hit that anymore. But yeah. it's been big for Vegas actually that I read in an article. And so, but I think obviously that's going to come down. Defenses are going to adjust. They're going to adjust to every the the speed of the game again. 
Um, and like you mentioned, we mentioned the those all those QBs that we just mentioned. They're not really having too many new weapons, and so they they're not missing out too much on timing between each other. Whether yeah, it's the receivers, the running backs, they're they're they were pretty mm-hmm. full. They were good to go from the start, most likely, just with training yeah. camp. Defense is on their other hand. I mean, you can't prepare for Russell Wilson, Dak Prescott, Patrick Mahomes do training camp. So, especially when the defensive backs, four new guys that haven't played, exactly. together, they don't know each other's tendencies. You so, know, yeah. yeah. But good you're right. I was seeing so something to bring up, and I want to give credit where it's due. Is Kevin Seifert wrote an article about this from ESPN, and obviously, high quarterback plays a big part to do with the with the big scoring. No crowd is helping those those really good quarterbacks play well, and then like you mentioned. Uh, no, lack of offseason is helping <laughs> the offenses. But the officials are the biggest cause is what he was saying in this scoring boom. They're calling the game completely different, and it's kind of a way you wouldn't really notice. So at the direction of new leadership, the on-field officials have been told to only call penalties that are clear and obvious. And the way the, the place this is affecting mm. the most is offensive holding. Mm. Offensive, mm-hmm. let's let's look at it. It's also wow. it's not only is it putting games up, but it's it's making the game shorter. So it's exactly what the NFL wants to do. Yep. And if you look through four weeks, officials have thrown flags on 126 offensive holding penalties. That's the lowest since 2001 when ESPN began tracking penalties, and a 56 percent drop from last year. Wow, wow! Jeez. At the same time, listen to this. At the same time, defensive pass interferences are up 22 percent from 2019. And the highest they've been since 2001, since ESPN's been tracking penalties. So that's going to lead to more touchdowns, better offense, because they're, they're only calling these holdings when the guy basically tackles them. And it's it's interesting because the, I, the NFL's long wanted to have scoring better and games quicker. And what they looked at was the worst plays come after an offensive penalty. And most drives that don't score, usually it always had an offensive penalty on it. Not always, but a high percentage of them. So what's the big offensive penalty that hindered him? It ended up being offensive holding. And if you take that one out, that's one like us four. We're watching TV. We notice when a pass interference is missed. You don't really notice when a holding's missed as much unless you're watching True. the tackles, which True. we're watching the ball a lot of times. So I thought that was interesting. And it's basically the NFL juicing the balls. It's the same thing like you talked about the MLB juicing the balls. That's the NFL's way of getting scoring up without the fan noticing something super obvious. I, good point. I thought it was really cool yeah. that Seifer brought that out. Yeah. And then those stats That's backed a good it up. Point. Um, all right, moving on now. Do we want to go to the the win that kind of you learned the most from? Pops, I'll start with you. Just the, what game kind of either surprised you or solidified you on a team? Just what win kind of stood out I, to you? I had several that I thought I could bring up, but the one I think was New Orleans beating Detroit in Detroit. Um, New Orleans is for real. I think they're, you know, they had they had a couple, tough couple of games without Mike Thomas again, <clears throat> without Michael Thomas, and and I I think Detroit, I really think they're a little better than people think, and I think New Orleans beating them at home was a big deal. So that was the win uh, that that told me the most. Now that Seattle going to Miami, I do think Miami. Tony had said this last week is is legit, and I agree with him. That was a big win for Seattle, but I still think New Orleans was the big the win that told me the most. And New Orleans was without their two starting cornerbacks mm-hmm. and Michael Thomas. And to win that game, Brees, I still don't think Brees is getting the football down the field, but he might not have to if they can get healthy. If they can get Michael Thomas back, he still is accurate. And if they get healthy on defense, I still think there's talent on defense. I like that call. Jacob, did you have a game that kind of stood out to you? Yeah, uh, and before I get there, I love the call about the Saints. Because um, I think if anybody got to see the game, not only was it – I think this is like a – they need to prove themselves kind of game without Michael Thomas. They've looked sloppy. 
But not only that, they were down 14, I believe, in that game, and they came back. Um, and I think that was a big moment for that team in general, like to not have Michael Thomas and still overcome that at the Lions. That was big for them. So I, I did enjoy seeing that a lot, actually. Um, I'm going to go with the Panthers beating the Cardinals, though. Um, I think this Panthers team's kind of – it's fun to watch. They don't have – arguably the best running back in the NFL right now, and they're still competing every game. Teddy Bridgewater had his best game of the year, I think. And, I mean, it's just nice to see almost this new – it's almost a completely new team without Christian McCaffrey. You have a whole new coaching staff, and they just went in, and they they handled the Cardinals pretty well, actually. Kyler Murray, I think, showed a little more, too, that he's still going to – he's still young, still has that inconsistency at times. And so I just enjoyed watching the Panthers, I think. That game kind of was interesting to me because, one – I've kind of ruled the Panthers as just, they're just a bad team because they're just young. I mean, the whole right. defense is basically like rookies, it feels like. And I, they're, they're feisty. They might not, they're not going to win, you know, yeah. nine games, but they're not just going to roll over. Nope. Mm-hmm. And it kind of showed me a little bit, you know, I've had a little, I think the NFL, the Cardinals were the sleeper pick a lot for this year. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying they're bad, but they're, like you mentioned, they are still a young Everybody quarterback. Everybody just calm down yeah. on the Cardinals. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. I think that showed us like they still might find it, but it's it that those first two weeks might have been, you know, the best of them. There's still the bad parts that come up every mm-hmm. now and then. That's losing to Teddy Bridgewater yeah. and the Panthers. Um, LJ, did you have one? Well, so a game that stood out to me, and I, I hate to do this to you guys, that Browns-Cowboys game, um, <laughs> the, the Cowboys are like the American political system, and when you feel like there's not a way to be embarrassed internationally, they find a way for you to be embarrassed. Um, I don't know what OBJ has been doing, if he's just been waiting for the Cowboys to show up on his on his schedule, but like he had a hell of a game. It just... I, the whole NFC least is, I mean, at least the Eagles got to win now or something, but yeah, I don't know. That's just true. a garbage conference. And so I, I learned that, that like all this wasn't just jokes anymore. This is, this, it's a bad conference. Yeah. The Browns kind of, I mean, yes, they beat up on a terrible Cowboys defense and I kind of have, I'm sure I'm not the only one. I have a few thoughts. We that, could talk the about Cowboys, it, but <laughs> the Browns did intrigue me because one, I think I like what Stefanski's doing over there. Well, Baker's three just, and one. He's playing with, yeah. And he's just playing within himself. He's not doing anything crazy. I still think Baker can make the throws once he figures out, but don't rush it. They have talent. So let's just find a way to get Odell the ball. Let's find a way to they get did, the ball. They do look a like a different team. The they look like a completely yeah. different team. They looked feisty. They looked like they wanted to fight. I, they're three and one. I will say it's probably the they're like the Bears. It's the probably the softest three and one you could probably have because I think they lost to the Ravens yeah. thirty eight to six. Then their only their wins are they beat the Bengals by five at home. They beat the the Washington whatever uh, by team. fourteen at home, and then you beat the Cowboys by eleven at the Cowboys. I mean, no offense to you Cowboys fans, they haven't faced too many good defenses yet or tough teams. So I want to see this next game against the Colts. That's a that's a pretty above average defense. Yeah. I'm, I'm curious to see yeah. how they are. This and game. Nick yeah. Chubb looks like he's going to be out for a little bit, oh, which is unfortunate. At least yeah. it wasn't bad, bad, but it's still probably I think four to six yeah. weeks is the last thing. I, I but saw. I agree. Yeah. They they look like a totally different Browns team than what we're accustomed to. So yeah. So agree. because I don't know if we'll get time to really touch on the whole NFC lease, which was probably a good thing for the listeners out there. Um, let, wait, let's give love to the, the 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 Browns and that offensive line did a good job, but. The team ran for 307 yards against the Cowboys, a new record for the Cowboys defense to give up. And I was looking at this, Pro Football Focus said that 215 of those yards came after contact and ball carriers forced nine missed tackles. So that means the Cowboys weren't tackling for shit. The Cowboys problem (laughs) 
Obviously, it's not Dak. I don't, no one's saying that anymore. But the Cowboys' problem is effort. There's just there's just not effort. LJ, you you've heard it. This I know we sound like a broken record. I swear to God, the talent is there. I swear to no, God, defensive backs have t- the defensive back has no talent. There's no talent back there. I understand. Well, there might be talent, but they're just not good. They're just not good. But the front seven, there's people there. They just don't. You, you saw it on the the OBJ end around. I mean, they just did did a poor job of getting contained and tackling on the Jamal Landry or Jarvis Landry double pass. The Browns run that all the time. You should know what's possible. And then Baker Mayfield blocked for that kind of he just stood in front of I think it was Everson Griffin he didn't actually have to block them there's just not a lot of effort for right now with the guys with stars on their helmet and that's what leads you to one and three yep yep yeah I would move on from the Cowboys it's just I just <laughs> the Razorbacks on. gotta yeah. win you can <laughs> that's exactly <Yeah>. right <laughs> why do we think of those two um, together that is bad oh my god yes but they did get a win it's scary. <laughs> the win, the win that Matt, I, I was, I thought about mentioning the Packers for my biggest win, yeah. but I think we talked about the Packers last week. And so I don't really want to hit on too much, except for, I just think it's crazy that the Packers are four and for the first team in NFL history to begin a season with four straight games of at least 30 points and zero turnovers. Wow. And they're also the only team that ranks top five in passing yards and rushing yards wow. per game. That offense is clicking. Yeah. So, and they're on a bye week. So that'll be interesting. Well, so you can forward. bring up the Broncos then if you're not going there. <laughs> my biggest win is gonna go to Brady and the Buccaneers. Okay, right. I, okay. I, I, that was on my I list. Think Brady yep, has yep. gotten better every <laughs> single week. The team has not been healthy, as Jacob was mentioning earlier. I think it might have been before we were recording, but Mike Evans has been gimpy. Godwin's not playing. OJ Howard's now hurt. Fournette, I don't think he either didn't play or he did got play. scratched yeah, he early in it. And all my all. Brady obviously had a great game going for five touchdowns against the Chargers, but if you look at his week-by-week basis, his completion percentage is going up every week, his passing yards is going up every single week, and his QBR has gone up every single week except for week three. And then the biggest one to me is the team's total points. It's not necessarily – we knew the quarterback play was going to improve, but the team is just playing better as a a whole, and I just think it's going to keep getting there. And what was interesting to me is – <clears throat> that defense, that offense looks like the same Bruce Arians offense that it was with Jameis Winston, except for instead of chunking it deep when it's not there, he'll happily just check it on down to the check down guys. And that's what you get with Brady. You get a guy who understands you don't have to win on every single play. You can just punt and win on the next one. I really like what the Bucks are doing. I think that defense is going to get better. He looks good. And then we'll just – I think that offense is going to get great when you see Godwin and Evans finally play together healthy, if that can ever happen. Yeah, yep. mm-hmm. I agree. Um, moving on to the worst losses of the week, or the loss that told you the most. LJ, did you have one? Well, it was one and the same. I didn't know we were doing two things. So um, if you want to come back to me, I can try to find one. <laughs> well, we'll just uh, – Pops, what did, what loss kind of meant something or, or, or really stood out to you? Well, interesting. I'm glad you reframed the question because the loss that meant that told me the most was the New York Giants losing to the L.A. Rams. Mm-hmm. I believe the L.A. Rams are for real. I think the Giants, I mean, they lost, if you look, is about the seven-minute mark. Cooper Cup gets loose uh, and catches that long touchdown pass to kind of put it away. And Daniel Jones throws a pick when they're only down by eight in the red zone. So They had a chance. So, you know, they've lost arguably the best quarter uh, running back, you know, in the NFL. And I'm just, I just think the Giants looked pretty good. And they're in a conference, oh, yeah, that they could – I mean <laughs> – I, they're only out of first by like one game. <laughs> they're 0-4 and only out by a game. So I'm just – So are you telling me, me that, 
Are you telling me the Cowboys should be on upset alert this I week? Say, they I the think they got a pretty good yeah. matchup this week. <laughs> I, yes, I. You know, I. You never know with the Cowboys. I mean, they could get beat fifty to forty nine. Who knows? Line on that one is nine and a half. It's nine and a half. Just spoiler alert. <laughs> spoiler alert. There's my lock of the week. <laughs> the Giants are covering nine and a half. <laughs> Jacob, what loss? What loss do you have? Uh, I'm actually going to go back to that Chargers Buccaneers game because I think that loss told me the most. I, we talked about a little bit herbert's been looking good better and better and boy did he bust out in this game i thought he he went yeah he looked throw for throw with tom he brady looked great and not only that he did it with some i'm not gonna say some no names but he they they had some receivers catching touchdowns that i had never even heard of and so and he did it all with and eckler got did, hurt did it all with austin eckler getting hurt you have a joshua kelly a rookie running back coming in justin jackson's first game back as, as another running back i mean he has looked better and better, and that defense is no joke. I mean, they've had the worst. I don't think they've ever had the actual defense that they've drafted and paid on the field the last two years. And I'm, I'm yeah. I mean, the Chiefs have been blessed that they haven't, but that defensive line is no joke. And I think they are. I think every weekend, week out, they're forced to reckon with. You can never look over them. But yeah, I think and it, it told me the most like about the, Herbert. The, the, so. the players really do seem to play for that coach. I really, I like, really I mean, like Andy. They play hard. He, Good point. I, it's. I'm hoping he can survive this year because they are one and three. I'm hoping they don't give up on him. Um, just because last year I think they had the most one score differential losses in the league. I think they lost. Like, I think they had like a two and six record, and they lost by like only seven points or less or something like that. So I mean, yeah. they're right there on the verge. They were another team that people were talking about before Philip Rivers left. That hey, they're in that three year window. They can start going for it if they wanted to. So I really like that coach. But yeah, Justin Herbert, I think. It's gonna be. It sucks for Tyrod Taylor because they're the ones that caused him to be out. But boy, yeah. that's, that's what I was gonna mention. It seems like I don't know. I don't know uh, how y'all feel about it. It'd be tough to take it away uh, from Herbert right now, honestly. But it's hard to not give Tyrod the start just because. Yeah, like you said, it's their fault that he's not playing. But yeah, your your rookie first round quarterback is looking great. I mean, he's looking awesome. I don't see how you take him out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but it sucks to lose your job because someone who you trusted punctured your lung, though. <laughs> yeah, the lawyers, the lawyers are getting You're right. Yeah, ready. someone tells me he's going to be just fine. And, and no offense to Tyrod Taylor, but he is not accustomed to him losing his job to a rookie quarterback. <laughs> and so <laughs> I think I think he'll be OK. But yes, oh, it's, it's just not a good situation. But so it's interesting that both of the losses that y'all that, that we've talked about so far, where y'all were like gleaning some positives from a loss, almost a moral victory in that loss. I, on the other hand, <laughs> am going to be a little bit more negative here. I think we could soon be seeing yet another Bill Belichick disciple being fired. Matt Patricia yeah. in the in the yeah. big lead blowing lines. I, they got it. <laughs> Something's got to happen. The I, BLBL. I was looking back at the schedule. So week one versus the Bears, up twenty one to six, going in the fourth. Gave up 21 straight points to lose. Week two versus the Packers. Take a 14-3 lead early. Then outscored 39-7 and allowed 236 yards rushing to Aaron Jones, which Matt Patricia should be able to stop somebody after getting a lead. And he's supposed to be a smart defensive That's guy. Right. Uh, week three, they beat the Cardinals. Then week four, as we mentioned, jumped to an early 14-0 lead on the Saints. And they end up blowing it, giving up five straight touchdowns to the, to the uh, Saints. They've now taken a double-digit lead in three of the past four losing all three of the, those double-digit leads, and they've lost an NFL record six straight games where they've taken a lead by double digits at some point during the game. That is just insane to me. And then you get Matt Patricia after the game. He's asked, why should people still think he's the right man for the job? And he said, quote, when I came to Detroit, there was a lot of work to do. 
That's what we're trying to do here. <laughs> what the hell are you talking about? Like Caldwell <laughs> actually had a, a legitimate, they weren't a bad team. Caldwell went 36 and 28 over his Make four Detroit years, great again. <laughs> including winning three of four years. And all Matt Patricia done has gone six and 10, three and 12 and one and three. He's been a, a mess. I just, uh, Matt Patricia, for him to come out in that press conference and deflect blame, not only annoys me with him, I'm, I feel like it could lose him in the locker room because a lot of that locker room probably played still with oh, yeah. Caldwell. That'd be interesting to know to how, how much times. of that percentage stuck around. Yeah. I'll tell you right. Well, if you're going to yeah. be, he, go they, ahead. they messed up when they fired quite possibly the greatest named offensive coordinator in the yeah. business. And that is Fair. Jim Bob Cooter. All right. <laughs> when you fire Jim Bob Cooter, you are saying, you know what? We don't deserve to win anymore. <laughs> <laughs> well, and it really though, it comes down to Matt Patricia, just deflecting blame. His defense is a problem. And he fires his offensive coordinator. I, if he's going to come out there and be a Bill Belichick disciple and try to be that tough-minded and do your job and noble looking and look in the mirror and all this stuff, well, it sounds like he needs to buy a mirror for his house because I don't think he's <laughs> looked in one yet in the past three years. It just, yeah, I just don't like that he came out and basically kind of shit on what the Lions were before when they really weren't bad. I think if you look back, Caldwell could say you shouldn't have been fired. Yeah, yeah. name-wise, that's not a bad team. I think he even brought over Trey Flowers, ex Arkansas player. He's he's now at the Lions, I believe, and he was a uh, yeah. Super Bowl. He got. He's done great for the Patriots and him before. So, and I think I've. And it makes me feel the worst for Stafford. I think Stafford is actually a lich. I think what Lions fans are going to be in a few years is are the same ways that I am with Romo, yeah. where they're going to be like, I swear to God, Stafford's really good. He <laughs> just never had a chance. Yeah, yeah and right. I just feel bad for him because I think I hope I kind of hope they start losing a whole bunch and he gets traded to a good team. One that would be interesting to me would be if the Washington Football Team made a move for him. In that division, I think they could win the NFC least mm. if they got Matt Stafford at quarterback. Mm. They got some weapons, mm. not gonna lie. Huh. I, I think yeah. that would be intriguing, but I don't even know if the Lions would chop. Yeah, him, for sure. I just hope he gets out of Detroit for his own sake. I mean, Calvin Johnson couldn't get out of Detroit, so he just retired. So I guess maybe, <laughs> maybe. <laughs> so did Barry Sanders for God's sake. Yeah. <laughs> um, LJ, I don't know where we're at uh, time wise. Do we have time for more topics? Do we need to go to what we're listening to? Uh, Feels like we're long. Well, we we recorded for like 30 minutes before uh, we got Jake going. So I think we're at an hour 15-ish. Well, what we're listening to is probably going to be 15, and that'll be a 90-minute episode. Do you think we should probably? Yeah, probably. I mean, unless we've got something we really want to hit. No. All right. Well, before we wrap up with NFL Talk, we need to do our locks of the week. And I do want to revisit. I don't really want to revisit last week's lock of the week. <laughs> but for one of us, LJ, do you recall which one of us got their lock of the week? I think I think there was one of us that made two picks last week and was was right on both of them. I think. Uh, well, let me just go through his. Uh, his I don't remember. Given I'm name was Lifford. Um, <laughs> so, well, no, I, I have pops down for Vegas covering plus three and a half over the Bills. Oh, so it wasn't that, that one. It no, wasn't that no. one. It must be the it other Matt Lifford. Lifford. Yeah, it wasn't Matt Lifford. Huh. <laughs> Wonder who that leaves. Huh. So after you made the pick, uh, pops. After you made the picks, LJ did just go. Huh? I was going to go Bills, and he would have been correct. Right. But so since you went, you went with that one. He chose a different one and went Ravens minus thirteen over the football team. Right yet know. again. And then you have me going with the Cardinals losing. Uncle Tony going with Miami plus six and a half. They almost, they got close. almost covered game. And then we did get a uh, outside pick from Prestige Worldwide <laughs> going Bears plus two. That didn't oh, work yeah. out. <laughs> All that said, this week we got winners. That's we got right. our we losses got out of the way. And this week we got winners lined up for you. This is our bet online locks of the week. 
LJ, we'll start with you since you're the All only right. one people want to hear from. Right now. <laughs> All right. Well, so I'm going to take I'm going to take the Miami Dolphins at plus nine against the San Francisco 49ers. Wow. Um, okay. They're going across to the easy direction across the country. And uh, and they've they've held close games against good teams. And the 49ers are hurt. They are hurt. Yeah. So I think they're that's the, a pretty good. I heard lock. they were thinking about changing their name to the 39ers because they're about <laughs> to <take guys> short. <laughs> so that's my lock. Um, all right, that's the lock. Uh, Pops, what do you got? Well, I kind of gave my headline away earlier, but <laughs> I think the Giants can cover nine and a half against Dallas. <laughs> and I think that's a complete lock. And like I say, they could be, what, just a half a game out of the <laughs> NFC least if they happen to do that <laughs> next week. So I've taken the Giants well, to cover nine and a half against Dallas. I want to preface this with, I don't bet on my teams because I always lose because by the by the end of the week, I will talk myself into the Razorbacks and Cowboys every single time. So I'm not betting on it. But I will say there's been a lot of talk in the media about how all these Cowboys got, as soon as they got paid, they're not playing well. It's mainly about Demarcus Lawrence, Amari Cooper, Zeke. Zeke's fumbled a lot. I could see if you if there's a time for pride, you got the Giants rolling in. Now's the time to come out and show a good performance. That being said, I ain't betting on it. <laughs> sounds like you're trying to talk yourself yeah, into it, it to me. Like no, that's why I said I've already done it. I will talk myself into it every single week. Yeah, that's why give I him two more away. days. He's putting money down. <laughs> Jacob, what do you got? What's your lock? I'm room? sticking. This is your first official one. Okay. We're not count I'm sticking when, with uh, that division, except I'm also going to I'm gonna take the outside opponent. Uh, the Eagles at the Steelers with the Steelers are a minus seven. The Steelers okay. are pissed. They did not get to play last week. They are just restless. The Eagles, even though they beat the 49ers, that's not a good 49ers team. I am told, Kevin, you hate me. I am not a Carson Wentz fan. I do not think, <laughs> I want to see Jalen Hurts out there just to see something new. But I think a, a touchdown difference, give me the Steelers easy at home. Okay. Well, so you're, Wentz did a little bit of it the other day. Like he had a drive where he looked great, and then he has another drive where he looks just awful. I I don't know. He's so heckling Jai. Well, and if there's a front four, they can get into the in- <laughs> heckling Jai. Heckling Jai. That's the episode name. Heckling Jai. He is if there's, a, if there's a front four that can uh, that can get into Wentz's head. I mean, it's it's the Pittsburgh Steelers front four for sure. Yes. Well, and also like I know it's a big week for Eagles. Like they beat the 49ers. They now lead the NFC East. Good thing they took that tie. But that, like we mentioned, that's a 49ers team missing a lot of people. And they benched their second string quarterback and still had a chance on the last right. play game to beat the Eagles. So yeah, that win my, the, the Steelers defense could be tough for that, yeah. for that mm-hmm. Eagles offense. So I actually, I like that one. Um, I think for my lock, I was intrigued just to see Atlanta favored by any points. I, I thought, the biggest chokers might be yeah. above the lines. Lines have to be close. Atlanta might be above them. So that one was intriguing to me. But I think for my lock of the week, I'm going to go. I had it written down and now I lost it. Oh, Colts minus one and a half over the Browns. We kind of, y'all talked about it earlier. This is the first real test, Jacob, that you mentioned for the Browns. And I just, I think the Colts are a really, really good team. I think the defense is good. Rivers is good enough. Jonathan Taylor still hasn't even broken out yet. I like, I like the Colts. I think they're going to be a, a good team. And, this is a chance though for the Browns if they can if they can pull this off I'll go okay you're legit the four and one's a legit record but I, I need to see it so they're going to prove it to me so that's our locks we got Colts minus one and a half we got what was our Giants plus nine and a half we have Eagles Steelers or no we're taking seven. Steelers minus seven Steelers minus seven and then LJ you went what was it Forty ers no Miami Miami plus nine Miami Miami plus nine. 
Okay, that makes more sense. I kind of zoned out for a second. I thought she took the other one. I thought, well, Uncle Tony's probably just rolling his eyes at you because he just told us the Dolphins are legit. All right. That'll get us done with the NFL talk. We'll be back, obviously, with more NFL talk next week. We want to end out. We haven't done it in a while, and we want to end out with a little what we're listening to because it's a it's a somber day in in the music world. I was I didn't listen to as much of Van Halen, but I saw. I mean, I just saw this rock the music world, and I know some of the hits. Eddie Van Halen passing away from cancer at sixty five. Yep. Uh, Pops, this has to mean the most probably to you. Is kind of you grew up listening to some Van Halen, correct? Oh yeah. So Van Halen came out uh, in seventy eight. They released their eponymous album, Van Halen, uh, with you know what was the song? Now I'm drawing a blank, but uh, um, Running with the Devil. You know. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, oh several several songs, but yeah, I mean, I mean the, the songs I could think of were Panama Jump and Running with the Devil, but I don't know what albums those. Well, were. Running with the Devil is an original. You know, Panama's a little later, uh, off nineteen eighty four. But uh, Van Halen is a soundtrack to my growing up. Um, and then Eddie Van Halen married Valerie Bertinelli, which may not mean much to you guys, but I thought she was the hottest number on earth at that time. Uh, got to see uh, Van Halen with Sammy Hagar at uh, at uh, Little Rock. What's the old What's the old theater there in Little Rock? Um, it's in the River uh, Market. Barton is it Barton or uh, Hurt? Not Hurst. That's all Shreveport. But at any rate, got to see them play there. Had a great concert. Um, it's a sad day. I think Eddie Van Halen was kind of an odd dude, I think personally, but there is no doubt when he's playing the guitar, it's him. Uh, he's got a sound that is like nobody else. He could make sounds out of that guitar that, that other people couldn't do. Fact. I think when you talk about greatest guitar players in the world, he is absolutely in the conversation. I think most people would put him maybe second behind only Jimi Hendrix, who was incredible. Um, but it's a debatable? I, I, no, I think Jimi Hendrix probably is the better guitar player, but I think Eddie Van Halen is is probably two. I mean, Jimmy Page, Eric Clapton. Prince. Uh, 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 Prince. Prince is a guy that I didn't think of earlier, Jacob, but you're exactly right that, that mm-hmm. belongs in that He's class. He's a god in the green household, so. <laughs> and, and, you know, yeah, what happened. Rightfully what so. Happened, what happened, I think, is Eddie Van Halen is one of the first guys that showed that the lead guitar player was bigger, was the band. I mean, he was bigger than David Lee Roth. I think that's what caused some of the problems is because Eddie Van Halen, as a guitar player that didn't sing, was bigger than the lead singer. Because they could pull out some Hagar dude and still sell platinum. So. And, and still, yeah, and, and, and it got bigger. The, yeah. the, they sold more albums with Sammy Hagar. Now, hey, Sammy Hagar's legit. Now, yeah. I, David Lee Roth... I liked him and I liked the band uh, with, with him. I liked both iterations, honestly. I really yeah. did. Um, so 5150 was an album that I really loved with with Hagar. But I don't know. Eddie Van Halen's a sad day. He was a hell of a guitar player. He he, he was a paradigm shift, I think, in in rock and roll guitar playing. What what really hit me with that, with, with his death is, I, like I said, I didn't know him as well. Obviously, I didn't grow up on him or didn't listen to him as much as you did, Pops. But just the outpouring, like, it seemed like, it was similar to me the same way like the news that Kobe passed away, even though it was different because he was younger, but how the all like the whole basketball world was just like, oh my gosh, all the music world talked about Van Halen like he was a god. I mean, like he like he was the best thing ever. I saw there's a really good article in the Rolling Stone from that uh uh Ozzy Osbourne wrote. And it hit one of the quotes he said, I remember seeing Eddie do that finger tapping thing, and that was the first time I'd ever seen anyone do that. Just when you think nobody can make guitar playing exciting. 
somebody like that comes. He was one of them. And then I saw another quote in there that says, one thing I know for sure, heaven is rocking right now. I, there was a lot of really cool quotes. And I've, everybody, I've seen Flea from, tweeted about it from Red Hot Chili Peppers. Everyone that's talked about it. One said how their interaction with him was always great. And then two, what he did with the guitar. I mean, just was almost unmatched. I mean, maybe there's, maybe Jimi Hendrix and some others can talk with him, but it just was amazing. And it sucks. LJ, what did you think? Did you listen to a bunch of Van Halen? I mean, I, I did and I didn't. It wasn't like they, they weren't on my like, you know, sort of repeat or whatever. But but I've, I've always had a ton of respect for his ability and, and his innovation. I was going to say that because dad put him as uh, one of the top two. I'd probably put him as one of the top 15 guitar players, but I put him as one of the top five influential guitar players. Like nobody changed the game the way that he did. Um, like, yeah, th- we, we named off some people that I think are are definitely at that level or better. And there are quite a few more that, you know, you might not even know their names as well. But uh, but yeah, as as far as influential, I mean, Eddie Van Halen is is up there on Mount Rushmore for sure. There's no question about it. He changed the way guitars got played. Um, so yeah, big deal. And then just because I want to bring it up since he, this, I didn't know this man, I knew a song obviously, but Johnny Nash also passed away the other day. He's the one who's saying, uh, hmm. I can see clearly now. Wow. I didn't realize his name, but wow. he passed away at 80 from natural causes. His son no, I didn't know so. that either. And yeah, rest in peace, Johnny Nash. Yeah. Great song. Great musician. But the reason, and I, and I told y'all before, I want to do what we're listening to this week. And it wasn't, I'm glad we got a chance to touch on the Van Halen stuff, but I have just been reintroduced, and I mean, I knew this band, but I didn't really give it a good, good, thorough listen to. I'm on a Fleetwood Mac kick oh, like never good, before. Good, good. Rumors, I can't rumors stop one of the best the album albums rumors. ever written. No question about it. It's a top five album maybe ever. Secondhand News may be my favorite song <laughs> oh, on that. God, what so a great good. album. So good. So, but the reason they've popped up on my radar again here recently, and many others, is actually funny. Dream is the song Dream is breaking stream records right now after a viral TikTok. It's this this, old, oh, this older yeah. guy, probably, Wait, like fifty five years old. It's got like fifty five, probably fifty. I don't know. And he's riding around, I guess, holding his phone, and he's got Dream playing. He's singing it while on a skateboard, going. I don't know. It looks like he's going fast as hell. Drinking cran raspberry ocean stream. Oh, yeah, okay. So I've seen the follow up okay. to this. I, was, I I didn't see the original. I saw the follow up because apparently. Uh, Cran or whatever Welch's or whoever the Cran Raspberry Company bought him a car, so he made a new I'm TikTok. A yeah, truck. So he made a new TikTok where he was chugging the Cran Raspberry while listening to Dreams. Okay, so this, that explains a this lot. This makes sense now because I've seen one now where somebody in the military has done it from flying from the Black Hawk, and they they're drinking the Cran <laughs> Raspberry, listening to it. So and and what's his name? I can't. I don't. Frank. Fleetwood or Mick what? Mick Fleetwood Mick Fleetwood yeah. he he created a TikTok so he could do a similar TikTok of him riding around on a skateboard drinking cranberry he like cheers this <laughs> too the guy's TikTok name is Dogface Four Twenty <laughs> and and now Dogface Four Twenty has a new truck to his name and it just is crazy the song hit eight point four Dream hit eight point four seven million streams last week earning its highest ever streaming number in the U S. Its previous high was 3.83 million. So it just slap. It is crazy to me that a TikTok video can make them blow up. And then wow. all the people like me are like, oh, I've heard the hits, but I just went back and listened to rumors and front to back. That thing front slaps. to back. Oh, Great album. Slamming. Great. <laughs> I mean, I've, I, I think the last three days I've listened to the album probably three times, like Great. once a day. Just I just throw it on and just listen Great. to it. Great. 
It's just, I, I just wanted to mention him because I knew, I wasn't 100% sure. I know y'all have listened to him, but I didn't know like how big of Fleetwood Mac fans, but apparently y'all are right up there with him. And I have been a little slow to the game, so I wanted to mention him here. Good call. Good stuff. Jacob, did you have a what we're listening to since you're, you're not on every week? I yeah. want to give you a chance. Um, no, it's fine. But Tori and I are a little bit late to the party, but we just started watching Yellowstone a couple weeks ago. Um, and so we've been on a big show. Uh, Whiskey Myers and Ryan Bingham kick. So... Their their soundtrack on Yellowstone is it's, it's really, really good. good. So I've been jamming out to that a lot. So sweet. Well, I can always get down to some Whiskey Myers. I don't know if they listen to him as much. I don't even know the, all these words. I know what they mean individually, but I don't know what the string <laughs> of, of sentences are. Yeah, good Texas country. It's real yeah. good. All right. Texas all right. Country. I really think you'd like them. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Down here in Austin, I'm getting into my roots. <laughs> all right. All right. That's on my list then for sure. And before we go, LJ, did you want to get a what we're listening to? Is there anybody you've been kind of jamming uh, out to? Here I, since I've peer pressured you into talking to me, I will give you one. Um, uh, <laughs> so so uh, there's a podcast called Reply All that's really good. So the LJ is dropping another podcast for you to listen to. Um, dropping competition. Okay. But uh, but it's there's an episode called uh, Country of Liars. And it's about the birth and current state of QAnon. And it's super interesting. It's like... It's it's potentially the whole story of who QAnon actually is. So it's very timely because Facebook, I think, just banned QAnon on all its platforms. I would so. listen to that podcast. It's very enlightening to how quickly something can take a nation by storm and and how it can be controlled potentially behind the scenes. Just super. Now say the podcast again because I actually am interested. Uh, in Reply now. All is the name of the podcast, and the episode is called Country of Liars. Super good. Promise you. Okay. All right. I'm always looking to get a little enlightened and gain some knowledge. That's why we brought Jacob on for that very reason. So, all right. Well, I think that will do it for this week's podcast. As always, don't forget if you need to get rid of those nose hairs and ears hairs, one, they only keep growing as you grow older. We've already told you that. And two, it hurts like hell to try to pull those suckers out. So go over to Manscaped, get that weed whacker. Just put in the promo code armchair and you'll get 20% off and free shipping over at manscaped.com. All right, guys, that'll do it for this week. Jacob, we really appreciate you coming on and lighting us with some appreciate knowledge. It, Prestige. Yeah. Prestige worldwide. And uh, Pops, LJ, we, I'll catch y'all next week. Peace. Peace out. Peace. Peace. What does that mean? Does that mean? It's something that, like, I think go on more. Um, and I think it means, like, boiled rice or something. Like, I think it's, like, a total non sequitur. But you sure it doesn't mean I'm a nincompoop? Just wearing it around. Uh, well, I mean, if it does, I'm still gonna wear it proudly because it's the symbol that they use in the show. So, okay. <laughs> Do you know, LJ, did you watch like a, all of Dragon Ball Z? Uh, uh, Z, yeah. I mean, I know they're doing like right now, they're doing like well, the whatever.